Welcome to Nerd Jock Blog Radio 2.0. I'm Dennis, joined once again by the wonderful, the amazing, the fantastic Adam J. Burkett, my brother. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I just completed the Borderlands Pandora Challenge in Fortnite, and it just launched yesterday, so I have no life. <laughs> but I got some really cool-looking guns now in Fortnite. So tell me, tell me about that. Um, and for those of you that are new listeners, this is a sports and video game podcast that's a companion to the blog nerdjackblog.com um where we talk about whatever we want that fits into those categories and maybe some other things but yeah tell me about that um borderlands which i think it's important to note you and i have never i don't believe it you've played borderlands i know i haven't unless i played it in an unconscious state I'm a little surprised you, because you got a PS3 like a like two years before I did. So I'm a little surprised you weren't one of the first people to like that. That wasn't one of your first games with Borderlands, but uh, the yeah, that game was I really was popular. Borderlands curious, but never pulled the trigger. Same. I was addicted to Madden. <laughs> RPG shooter sounded. Yeah, I was addicted to Madden and Grid. Oh yeah, I forgot about Grid too. Those were the days. First, or one of my earlier purchases. So sidebar: Have you seen the trailer for Wreckfest? Uh, if I have, I feel like I have. It basically it, it, takes, that's the game. It's the game. It's the burnout people. It's basically made a new studio, correct? Yeah, yeah. It takes I'm aware of it. I, I, it takes the demolition derby mode from Grid Two and combines it with the gameplay of Destruction Derby, but in 2019. And so there's like 40 cards. It's all high definition, and you're just smashing shit. That sounds like a game I need in my life. Yeah, to me, like that's not because there's like an actual like league, unlike Burnout, where you're just it's basically uh, Burnout is just Need for Speed on crack. Yeah, and honestly, those games never even Need for Speed never really did it for me. Except for that's like <laughs> except for back in the day when that's like the only racing game we knew. Yeah, that that and the I, I believe we had a PC version of Need for Speed where you could add mod packs where you could download car skins yeah that, that was really random well i think we got the taxi from grand theft auto in there yeah well you could do that and then there's also a bunch of codes in the i think it was it was it a playstation game yeah need for speed 2 yeah you had the el nino porta potty or a log you could race as a log and you're like oh so we're gonna roll down no you're an actual no, log with wheels free. yes <laughs> um anyways but yeah so anyways yeah which side note side note um that log might as well have been a turd from the said outhouse because <laughs> it was ps1 graphics yeah uh but anyways yeah in Fortnite, there is a space next to paradise palms where they took the world from uh borderlands called pandora and when you land in that rift zone that's how Fortnite gets away with all this stuff um, you'll land in there and then it turns it from Fortnite graphics to the cell shaded graphics of uh, Borderlands. And so it also makes the gameplay different. You get um, full shield. And if you take damage and then you don't take damage for another four seconds, the shield regenerates. So it's not as uh, crazy as, you know, your, your one life lasts longer when you're over there. And so everybody's really got to pump there. lead into people to get them down. Yeah. Also, everything in that area is basically made of metal. So it takes forever to destroy a wall with the pickaxe. So, the, like, I loved it because anything, because I was just doing the zombie stuff because that was pretty cool. So um, the, the gameplay itself still 
Fortnite mechanics, but it looks like Borderlands. Yes. I need to, I need to check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> People are running around using the structures more instead of playing it more Fortnite style where you just turbo build over the top of uh, an area and then shoot down and blast somebody in the face. <laughs> and that um, sounds similar to what they did where they had the... Uh, oh, where they replaced with Neo til- uh, Tilted. John Wick. Oh, Neo Tilted? Yeah, is- they have an old west mode now which i haven't checked out but like yeah, the old west mode was cool because you couldn't destroy anything yeah well now that that was just one area they have a whole gameplay that's called the wild west and it has the wild west weapons and like the whole that like they turned the whole world into the wild west thing so they're getting really creative with their limited time modes um and then the challenge mode was for it was all furry and you gotta unlock the wrap that made the guns makes it makes the guns look like the guns from Borderlands, and also one thing I didn't notice because um, the guns from the whole appeal about Borderlands is the guns. There's like like an insane like thousands of guns. Like yeah, this just this just has the wrap. So all the guns that are in Fortnite, they now have the aesthetic of being coming from the Borderlands world. That's cool. Yeah, and well, and you don't really notice it when you land when your character lands inside of borderlands that it changes, but it totally does like everything kind of changes and it's not like a huge degree because like Fortnite's graphics are already a little bit cartoony. It just kind of polishes them into the borderlands universe. You definitely notice that when you're shooting people, then when you're being, then yeah. when you're just staring at the, the one, uh, the one other thing I wanted to bring up is the Bruce that are in the game. I'm having a blast being the driver but you can make them dance. I didn't know that was a thing. So you can do have them do the hula hoop thing and all those like <laughs> taunts. And it's a robot. And they even have one special where he starts breaking down and doing the robot. Not so anyways, that, that was our obligatory Fortnite talk. So yeah, just a sidebar on. on the mechs. I like to be able to run and shoot. It is, the game becomes half as fun when I can only run or shoot. Actually, have you remember Thanos where you could jump up and like land, and when you land it, you destroy a bunch of stuff? I, you can do that with the brutes. I did that on. I did that yeah, twice. You know what Thanos could also do? Yeah, shoot stuff. Shoot laser beams. Yeah, That's as a two-person vehicle, is yeah. is the whole is to get more co-op going. But yeah. anyways, so I I launched up and then fell on somebody. That was really cool. And then stopping somebody who's trying to run up and shoot you. Is hilarious to me. I, that never gets old. Yeah. So I we've 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 done our we've dabbled a little bit together on Fortnite, and we've also um, we played some uh, Super Dodgeball, which is on NES Online, which is always a golden classic. But what's more fun than Dodgeball is the mini game mode that takes to, yeah Beanball that takes place in front of the high school from River City Ransom. And what Beanball does is it's you, another user, and is it five or four? Is it six people? Yeah, so so it's four other people. And they call it Beanball, but here in America at recess, it was called Smear the Queer. So you're basically just playing Smear the Queer with uh, the dodgeball stuff. And so it still controls like you would be, but you can run around like you're on recess. Of course, we mean queer and the, the kid's a strange kid that needs to be hit in the face with the ball. Yes, and yeah, has the power ups from Super Dodgeball, which is very similar to how 
wind jammers operates. So it's awesome. So you're just chasing down somebody and then beating them in the face with the ball. It's yeah, you drew the, you made that comparison when we were playing it, and it never clicked with me. It does have a very it's like a turn based wind jammers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The slower wind jammers, and if you don't know what jammer wind jammers is, folks, it's a combination of frisbee and pong. And do yourself a favor and figure out how to play that. Yeah, it's basically extreme pong. It's actually available on the eShop. So you, it's extreme pong with good graphics. Yeah. And game of the arcade game of the year, nineteen ninety four. People really selling high with the t- with the title extreme pong. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's move on from the video game talk, but we had to get our obligatory Fortnite stuff. Oh, I've been I've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven demo on the Nintendo Switch, and I love it. There's not much to really say. You can probably go to YouTube, and well, I know you can go to YouTube and watch reviews. If you're curious about the game, I'm enjoying the demo. Check it out. It's free. You get like 10 hours of gameplay for free, so why not? Your save state carries over. But that's about it. Um, speaking of things that can carry over... Um, one thing that's not carrying over to football this year is watching Andrew Luck throw the football or be on the sideline or do anything football-related. Yeah, he's not even throwing a Nerf football or a high school size football or a youth size football. Um, he doesn't look good in shorts, apparently. Apparently, he's no longer looking good in shorts. He has uh, hung up the cleats and is he retired, which is very odd when we banked on the fact that aging – Peyton Manning was not the right choice. A young stallion called John Elway, the second coming of John Elway. We banked on the fact that we would have him for a lot longer. turns out he only lasted Peyton Manning by two seasons. And one of those seasons he didn't play. Yeah. I, uh, I was, we're both based in Indiana and a diehard Colt. No, I don't diehard. Maybe I don't, I consider we were, myself we were a, really big fans. I don't know. I wouldn't say that because I can look at it from a perspective other than I want to scream. Yeah. Well, we won the Super Bowl in 2006. So that like put a lot of pressure on me. Manning. And we, we grew up, we grew up living three miles from where the Colts had their training camp practice in Terre Haute, Indiana. And we could literally ride our bikes, which we did to Colts camp and meet Adam Vinatieri and watch Colts players up close. So, Yes, we're a little biased to the early 2000s and mid to late 2000s Colts team. You remember uh, Mike Vanderjack would just purposely walk through the crowd so he could get asked to do autographs? Yes, he was the definite. <laughs> he was he's so cocky. I love him. Yeah. He's so weird. And by all accounts, a grade-A jerk hole. But he, he was nice. He, if you were a 11-year-old boy, he was awesome. Because mm-hmm. basically, when you're 11 years old, 13 years old, NFL players are basically superheroes. <laughs> in larger, oh, we gotta we gotta shake Jerry Lorenzen's hand, rest in peace. Yes, yeah, Which, it was good times. But um, I've I was quicker to the fact to accept that Luck would, probably wasn't going to be ready week one, and I was kind of like over him and all the drama that surrounds him. Well, he had been quoted. He'd been quoted up. saying as if if there was a game Sunday, he was ready. He would be able to play. But yeah. it was yeah, it was kind of it just felt weird, and there's lots of rumors going around as to what was going on behind the scenes, and I I overheard on um on the radio today driving home from work someone made a good point uh, one of the local news affiliate sports anchors on the radio said uh 
you could have Andrew Luck. They're recording live at like a big fancy bar. Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning could go there and Luck would think, hmm, that's fine architecture. And Manning's first thought would be, you know, I could probably throw a football and, and hit that wall over there. <laughs> like Luck is just not – Luck, I think, the more that I've learned about him, happened to be a guy that was really good at football that just doesn't have the same passion. Well, um, the other thing that makes it hard for Colts fans is Peyton Manning was a psychopath, maybe sociopath, that lived and breathed football. That's all he did was he watched film on football and how to get better. And he was had so, he, he was three and thirteen his rookie year through twenty five interceptions. He never had another bad turnover season because he just dedicated himself to put in extra work with his receivers. He wanted to make sure he he knew like he could tell based on where Marvin Harrison was planting his foot, where he was going to go next. And he would study the defense and find out schemes. And he was such a crazy person that he he would change the, how he called out plays every week and sometimes practice to practice. There was like a whole like tiered system. So you had to be on it when you were with him. And he was just like so into the game. And he has two seasons and two different decades of throwing for more than 50 touchdowns. So the Colts fans were spoiled by him. Like he was like the like prototypical uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. And And then you have luck, luck because he was, I mean, he was a private, he was. He's, I'm not, I mean, he's not dead, but he's, he, he is a private person. He keeps to himself, but he seemed to handle the pressure of following up Manning pretty well. And yeah, the only thing that didn't help was he, after that, after 2013, when all the injuries happened uh, to Vic Ballard and not really having an offensive line, like that's the one thing that is going to haunt the organization is they didn't invest in the interior first. They put a bunch of weapons around luck to make him feel comfortable, but, and they're like, Oh, he's an athlete. We have some time. I think that was what the logic was. Well, he got a laser laser rate spleen, like his third year in the league. Matt Hasselbeck had to play some, it was a very weird situation, but when he was there, he was on it. He was dedicated. And last year, he had like the whole shoulder thing. Yeah, instead of. But that was his game. best season. So that's the other thing that if you're a diehard, if you are live and breathe with the Colts, and this happens, you just feel like you've been slapped in the face. Yeah, he won comeback player of the year, and he's like, you know what? I I came back and I'm done because I'm constantly in pain and I want to enjoy my life and I I really don't care about winning a Super Bowl. I I it would be much happier if I'm not playing football. Which honestly. I'd rather him say that because if you're not all in, you're all out, which is a cliche, but it's true, especially at that level. He needs to be he need, you want your quarterback. You don't want him just stringing along the franchise. And like there was rumors about the Colts maybe putting him on IR with designation to return this year. And all that would have done is just delay a year. You delay it a year, yeah. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, the, the Colts did bring in Brock Osweiler, which was confirmed. They brought him in uh, probably to, for, I mean, um, clearly for a backup role. They're, they have said Jacoby Brissett is their guy um, pretty much since preseason started, which makes you think that they've probably been aware. They, they've known this was coming, and they've been begging him to stay, which. Yep. Uh, but, by the way, his name is not Brock Osweiler. It's Brocktoberfest. Brock Lobster. Yeah. 
Um, so we have that situation. You kind of skipped ahead a little bit. Um, what I wanted to talk about. Before- I, I, it is, I was actually at the game where fans booed him. And I actually heard the news from a Chicago Bears fan while leaving the stadium, thinking it was a joke. I texted you. I, 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 yeah, I, you texted- I text happened before you, <laughs> before you looked at it. Your text, I, I then looked at my phone and thought, holy crap, Adam texted me this. It's true. <laughs> so, well, I, the Colts banked on the fact that Luck would have a future, and they were a little scared with Peyton Manning's neck surgery. And taking an alternative perspective to what I actually believe, I think they liked Peyton so much that they were kind of hoping he would quit playing football and not risk further injury. And that's what led to the ultimate decision, which was a really tough one to move on from Peyton a few years early. So, um, but I would have, like, you know, that's an interesting, my, I what, what I, yeah, go ahead. Maybe, Maybe Ursay, and after discussing with Peyton, that he thought maybe he had no interest. Like he's like, yeah, I'm probably done. And then he thought, you know what? I can do this. Let me go meet with Johnny Elway, <laughs> Mr. Stanford boy. And uh, sure, I'll be your quarterback. And sure, you'll hire Hall of Fame coaches to be to lead me. Why not? Although Gary Kubiak wasn't too. Gary Kubiak was their first coach, right? And then they hired John Fox, correct? Or is he was just a coordinator? Backwards. John Fox was there first. Oh. And then they brought in Wade Phillips to be the defensive coordinator. And they had an amazing defense. And Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, made two. First one was embarrassing. Second one, he played embarrassing, but they still won. Yeah, he threw 55 touchdowns in 2017. And through his first game back, he threw seven touchdowns. That wasn't his first game back, was it? Or was it? Was that the, was that the second season as a Bronco? I know it was the first game of the year. Yeah, I don't remember. Because Nick Foles threw seven touchdowns, which was insane. So Peyton Manning tied Nick Foles in the record. <laughs> um, and actually, 2017 wasn't the year. 2017 was a Super Bowl, I think. I don't know. It's hard to go back. It all kind of blend together. But uh, it's what's really surprising is that old Peyton Manning in Denver had a better career than Andrew Luck did in his entire career. Okay, wait. What was was 2012 the year Manning came back? Yeah. Okay, so it was the first. It was Thursday night. This his second year coming back. Which was, against the Ravens? Um, yes, against the Ravens. And now, now Joe Flacco sold that. Yeah, interception. Do you know who the other? Yes. Um, there's one other person that's done it without throwing an interception. Do you know who that was? Nick Foles threw two interceptions, didn't he? I don't know about that. Okay, well, who's the other? So there's three guys that have thrown seven touchdowns in a game? It was in the 60s, and it was a giant quarterback. Blanda. A. Tittle. Why A. Tittle? <laughs> yeah, and seven touchdowns in the 60s, that's like, based on inflation, that'd be like 15 today. Well, no, go. If you go look at how they passed, nobody passed. So whenever they did, they tried to go for as much yards as possible. Go look at it because their completion percentages are really low because they were just chucking it. Yeah, it was Hail Marys. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've watched old highlight reels and it's hilarious. Johnny Unitas doesn't play that way. That's why he was so much better than everybody else. But we're also getting off on a tangent here. So um on the whole, like this is a weird, like like it's a weird situation that we, we experienced. And I really think the booing happened because we gave up Peyton Manning early to go with the next great thing. When if you're a fan like I am, you would have liked to see Peyton Manning go all the way through. And even though they went two and fourteen, they could have traded that pick for a lineman and more picks down the road to get uh, establish the interior offensive line and protection to if Peyton Manning help an aging quarterback. And if that aging quarterback was no longer to play, which we know he was and uh, was brilliant, but if that didn't work out, then you have, we would have had a shot at like Matt Ryan and uh, well, I guess who's, I screwed that up. Matt Ryan was way before that, but we would have been able to get somebody like um, <laughs> Mahomes, or um, which is that like that's just a fantasy. But uh, it would have been someone mid round. I mean mid draft because like late in the first round because we would have been good. Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, um, I can, I'm blanking on names right now. I didn't do research. But you know what I'm saying? We could have had somebody. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. So here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on your iPhone or your Android device, and I have a special code just for you. Simply use our code BARGAINBENANIME, that's all one word, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to those to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with code BARGAINBENANIME. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Um, who came, who's a good quarterback that's come after Andrew Luck? Because Russell Wilson was in the same draft class. Yeah, that's, I was, that was who I was thinking. I guess there's not been any. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Um, yeah, and then the, oh. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson and um, – I mean, Marcus Mariota, but he can't stay healthy. And I don't know if you'd classify him as Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, yeah. I mean, there's been, I mean, those were, but those were all like top tier picks, and they wouldn't have been picking in the top five picks. I don't know that we didn't do our research to that effect. But yeah, it, it, even I mean, Darius Leonard, the Colts linebacker. Who's going into a second year? His even his reaction was even like disgusted when he first heard the news. So I mean, it's natural for fans to feel the same way. Your quarterback just quit the team, and you've got all this promise this year. I mean, they're kind of a dark horse Super Bowl pick, which I still I think was kind of pie in the sky. 
Not really. If like this is as good as Andrew Luck played, and this is the best team they've probably put around him since his rookie year. I mean, losing Vic Ballard was also a pretty big blow to Andrew Luck's career, if we're being honest. Yeah, they brought in Ahmad Bradshaw, who couldn't stay healthy, and spent the budget on Frank Gore and Andre Johnson. Yeah, that was so dumb. We should have kept Reggie Wayne. There's There's been a couple weird things that have kind of been like not what I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. Oh, well. well hopefully this is – but that being said, it, it's a nice reset on the franchise because they, they do have a pretty solid team, and now they've got options to consider, and Brissett's doing – Hopefully going to do well, and if he doesn't, it looks like if they keep Chad Kelly on the roster, he's shown some signs of potential greatness. Some other quarterbacks that we could have possibly gotten, I'm Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, like last year, obviously, that would have been too late, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, do we even know if he's good, really? No, but what I'm saying, like, we had... He's kind of like Jacoby 2.0. We could have gotten Alex Smith when he got cut. Like, we had... Building the offensive line... Cutler sweepstakes. Yeah, building the offensive line would have been better to go with Peyton. But, yeah, I guess guess you're right. Like, going with... Like, knowing, like, what... what is in the league currently that we would have had instead of Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck, obviously, that was probably a pretty good idea, but um, Peyton Manning and Lineman would have been, since we now know Luck quit, retired, he's no longer playing, that alternative reality would have been a better reality. So that's that's what, it's like getting kicked in the nuts. It's like, yeah, Peyton's going to go out in a blaze of glory, but we have uh, at least another uh five years of luck well it turns out we only had like two yeah yeah it's been weird (laughs) it's been a weird really like almost a decade now of just kind of limbo for the franchise because yeah you that's what happens when you put when you're near a quarterback and you're supposed to be the franchise guy and the team's built around you and you quit so yeah take everybody off um, but moving from the pro game to the college game, college football. I wait, mean, wait, hold on. You're going way too fast here. All, all we ta- talked about was the Andrew Luck retirement and the alternative. Why don't we have some fun with it? Uh, you, you said something about Chad Kelly. Uh, you like what you saw last week? Yeah, he he threw in one half, threw for over 200. It was like 212 yards and completed like 75% of his passes and he against starters for the bears defense who have a pretty good defense. Oh, it was the second string for the bears. Well, it was like a mixture really. Yeah. It, but I mean, yeah, no, nonetheless, it was impressive doing it with Marla. Uh, yeah. The, Deion yeah. Kane. Yeah. There, he, he was doing it with second string receivers too. Like, it all was, right. So, um, Sorry, I cut you off. I didn't mean to. Uh, let's have some fun. The quarterback that w- is in this draft that is going to go number one, which the Colts are going to win too many games to actually be in contention. So um, Jim Mora once said, and this is what got him fired, because you don't say this when Peyton Manning is your quarterback, especially a young stallion who threw enough passes to get 
uh, Marvin Harrison the record for most catches in a season. Uh, he once famously said the Colts played like diddly poo out there and playoffs. So, <laughs> do you think we're going to make the playoffs this year? Um, that depends. Um, I think they've got a – they still have a decent shot at winning the division. The only team they really have to be concerned with in the AFC South is the Texans. And I, I think – You don't uh, think Nick Foley and Dynamite and Jacksonville is a force no, to be reckoned with? Lord, no. They almost made the Super Bowl two years ago. Last year, Bortles sucked. Now they have a competent quarterback, and they still have the same defense and a motivated Fournette. I think Jacksonville is more of a problem than the Texans. I'm going to quote Bill Polian, the former Colts GM, from a dinner conference I got to attend at training camp, actually, where he's quoted, and this was in like 2004. Yeah, the Texans and the Jaguars think they've got it figured out, and they think this is their year to win the division. I think they've got a ways to go still. (laughs) that was probably not a verbatim quote that's kind of essentially what it boiled down to and i've always felt that way about the jaguars the texans i mean they have won the division in those dark days for the colts but yeah Yeah, i think the 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 titans haven't been relevant since steve mcnair and eddie george so right rest Um, in peace yep so rewinding back uh Tua Tugova Tugova, the quarterback from Oklahoma. Alabama. I mean, Alabama. Uh, play like Dilly Pua for Tua, since we like to suck for things. Suck for luck. Play like Dilly Pua for Tua. How how, how does that sound? <sighs> Not good, and I don't think <laughs> I don't think Tua's that great. I'll. I'll... I don't okay. think he's going to be good. So my succession plan for the Colts quarter QB1, uh, ideally you'd like to just throw Chad Kelly out there, but we have Brissett, and we've been working Brissett. Brissett knows the team, knows the offense. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I think he's probably the 15th best quarterback started, in the league. started like 10 games for us already. Yeah, and he has wins with both the Patriots and the uh, Colts as a starting quarterback. Yeah, so. Yeah. And and he he's gotten to the point where he's been basically the guy for so long that the receivers, which are is essentially the same receiver core for the last couple of years, he's he has kind of rapport with them because he's played with them so much. So he's definitely the guy. Yes, and Chad Kelly is suspended for week one and two if he makes the team. So ideally, the quarterback succession is Brissett is on his is on a contract year, so he's going to ball out. If the Colts go 8-8 eight and eight and he has a good touchdown-to-interception ratio, he's going to go get like a $70 million contract somewhere else. So um, what I would like to see is Brissett tries really hard. We might make the playoffs. We'll be a bubble playoff team. That happens. He goes, get, he, he goes and uh, Jerry shows him the money. Show me the money, Jerry! Wait, you think he's replacing? Show me the money! Are we talking about Jerry Jones, or are we just speaking Jerry Maguire lingo? (laughs) Jerry Maguire. You're supposed to say, show me the money. Say it. Show me the money. Say it like you mean it. I've got sleeping children. (laughs) (laughs) Show me the money! Um, So, anyways, Brissette's going to get paid. So then Chad Kelly, who is the nephew of Jim Kelly, 
the Colts head coach is Frank Reich, who is the backup to Jim Kelly and has the record for biggest comeback in the history of NFL and also for a long time uh, in college football as well. But now that's like the third biggest comeback ever. So Frank Reich is likes Chad Kelly, has known Chad Kelly for a long time. They have a personal relationship. So then Chad Kelly becomes QB1 with the Colts next year. He has a drinking problem. So the Colts will go 4-12, and 12, and then the next quarterback that they will get is Sunshine from Clemson, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence. And then we have the future of the we, – we, we have the quarterback of the generation. It'll be Mahomes, Murray, and um, Trevor Lawrence, and Tom Brady will still be playing somewhere. <laughs> In 2021. Yeah, because he wants to be 50 and still playing. He'll still be on the Patriots. Yes, and they'll still be a Super Bowl contender. Bill Belichick will get wheeled out in a wheelchair. He'll still be calling plays. Yeah. So it'll be – and, and Gronk, Gronk will come back. I don't know about that. He, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll be searching for a liver transplant. Oh, that's mean. But anyway, so my ideal quarterback succession for the Colts is Jacoby Brissett, Chad Kelly, Trevor Lawrence. And then the Colts have been fixed. Um, Ideally. So you brought up Brocktoberfest. What do you think? Let's have a fun little game of who our ideal veteran backup quarterback is for the Colts. Do they have to be currently in the league? No. Brocktoberfest, it wasn't on a roster. You're, you're saying veteran, like someone they just bring in to ride the pine and to just be a figurehead. Yes. Basically what Matt Hasselbeck was. Like, yeah. like competent, competent enough to come in and hand the ball off and throw it 20 yards. Oh, easy for me. Kyle Orton. Is he on a farm somewhere? Where'd he go? He, yeah, I think he's got like 10 kids and has a ranch and because he just kind of faded away he was tired of like being like he was almost the quarterback but nobody wanted to commit to him he was a side piece he was the nfl side piece yeah they were like oh but he's not the franchise guy but he's always like he was basically alex smith before alex smith became out what alex smith is today he's just going back to or or um case keenum he's the modern day case keenum yeah, except I guess I guess that's right. I guess that's a uh, fair comparison because Case, mean, Case Keenum, the modern day Kyle Orton, I should say. Yeah, that's what that's what you meant to say. Case Keenum has throw throw through the ball like sixty times a game. People forget Kyle Orton, his senior year of college was like Heisman candidate until the Purdue lost like two or the last three games. Yeah, he succeeded Drew Brees, and he threw six touchdowns in a game in college, and then he gets Rex Grossman gets hurt. He's the rookie starter that gets the Bears to the Super Bowl, and then he gets immediately replaced by Russ Grossman, who, like, had barely even played. Yeah, he got and, he got, who was oh, getting cucked even from his rookie year. Yeah, he got cucked pretty hard there because I feel like the offense would have been better with Kyle Orton because they were familiar. Russ Grossman, Sexy Rexy, he got that nickname because he could throw it a quarter mile, but Kyle Orton can run a playbook, and he could do it, like, out of nowhere. Like, uh, his – the one thing that was annoying is Kyle Orton should have been the quarterback in Denver – 
but then he had a minor injury and then they just went all in on Tebow and yeah, he got screwed. He's been screwed at every place he's ever been in. And he got cucked hard in he Denver. Basically he's like, I got quarterback signing bonus money and got a couple contracts under my belt. I'm done. He's only 39 years old and he hasn't been in the league for like four or five years. Oh yeah. 39 is definitely more realistic than the other guys we're going to name today. <laughs> who who so, else did you say? But uh, what, uh, I'll get to it uh, in a rapid fire section because I know we want to get to the the games of the week. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to say was to wrap up Kyle Orton is his last year in the league with the Chiefs. The Chiefs were like destitute; they had no talent, and Kyle Orton had like he was fantasy relevant. So that means he was playing playing meaningful games, winning games, and making plays. And he got caught wind that they weren't going to bring him back. So he just fucking quit. <laughs> like January 13th, he's just like, okay, we didn't make the playoffs. You guys are done with me. I'm just going to ride off to the sunset. And we haven't heard from him since. I'm sorry, Kyle Orton's only 36 years old. Yeah. Like he retired young. Yeah. He was like 32, 33, somewhere around there. So he can come in and I want Chad Kelly to be the guy. But if you bring somebody in like Kyle Orton, Chad Kelly is basically practice squad. So... Uh, yeah, so Kyle Orton is probably the best situation, I think, because Jeff George, this is another tangent. I'll get back to my point. But Jeff George got a contract with the Raiders for a few weeks when he was like 44 because Al Davis is a crazy person. So uh, going with that logic, we meet, need a veteran backup. Earlier this offseason, do you know who tweeted and what did they tweet? Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre said he was going to come back. He was thinking about a comeback that he's been throwing the pigskin and whatever. Uh, Brett Favre is trying. He's trying to get a Seattle's commercial. <laughs> I don't care. I he can still throw the shit out of a ball. He might not be able to take a hit, but with the modern rules in the NFL, you can't really touch the quarterback anyway. And he's the veteran. They'll put in a new rule where he doesn't even have to slide. He just has to put a hand up, and then he's. Done. At, <laughs> the most we need Brett Favre for is like 20 plays. Brett no. Favre as a veteran backup with Indy, I'll go buy the jersey the 30 seconds after he signs. Like, I will freak out. I will leave work. They I will could, get in my car. I will him. drive to China and get my jersey. The Colts, and then come the back. Could make a deal with Brett Favre <laughs> and, and be like, we, we really don't want you to play. You're not going to ever play. You're basically an assistant coach. We just want you to hold a clipboard and have a jersey on so we can make a billion dollars in jersey sales. If, if he comes back, like, so so we said, so you're, Kyle Orton. His contract should be back. exclusively, like, just, like, 40% of jersey sales. Okay, so Kyle Orton. Uh, the rule is they would have had, they have had to have started an NFL game before. So uh, right now we got, because I don't – Brett Lobster is below everybody we've named so far. I, I said 39 years old, and I, that's because I had somebody else in the brain, and that was Michael Vick. Oh, that is weird. So Kyle Orton is uh, number one. Brett Favre, number two. You, Michael Vick? That's insane. I'd buy a Vick Colts jersey in a heartbeat. The Jets – Michael Vick, don't you remember how sad that was? He couldn't get up from being hit in the ribs. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want that to ever happen again. He is done playing contact football. You know who else? Another person to throw out there, and this is just a slight edge above Michael Vick, J.P. Losman. <laughs> uh, 
That, that's he started for like what felt like 15 years. <laughs> but he didn't. He was in Eli's draft class, and he got replaced by Trent Edwards. Remember, they kept on going back and forth. They couldn't ever pick a quarterback between those two. Yeah. Um, so, Spoiler alert, neither one's your franchise quarterback. Yeah, uh, Jeff Toole. Jeff Toole um, from Washington State. Who started week one of uh, the Bills, Bills game. Yeah, we have a theme here. Yeah, the first, EJ Manuel was out. and so He might have been the first quarterback to ever start a game after those two. I think he was placed on the practice squad. Jeff Toole might have been – actually, I think Tyrod Taylor. Did Tyrod Taylor – It was – Tyrod was, was hurt. Yeah, no, it was EJ Manuel was still on the roster, and Tyrod Taylor – Jeff Tool is a guy you and I only know because you and I saw a early season college football game and we were laughing that someone's name was Tool. Yeah, because Mike Leach was the coach at Washington State that year. That's, yeah. that's literally the only reason why we were paying attention to the Cougars. So Jeff Tool went from starting quarterback to practice squad <laughs> to out of the league. So, and then. So that that's just a name we throw out just because it's funny because he's I mean he's neither a veteran nor he's, no, he's not a name but he's not a veteran nor a, nor a backup. So uh, Peyton Manning as a backup with the Colts because people he hasn't like actually like he, I guess he kind of works with ESPN he's on ESPN Plus but he doesn't really have a like a mainline career yet. They could bring him back post football. So they bring him back and do you know what that would do to Brissett's psyche? Like no nothing. He would have no confidence. He's like, uh, he's like, as soon as I throw a bad pass, I will be yanked. They will put in Peyton Manning, and they'll never hear from me again. Manning's too classy of a guy to do that to him. But Peyton Manning is uh, up there. But yeah, Brett Favre. It, clearly, you bring him to be a backup. If you bring Peyton Manning in, the, back this to the what if game. This game might have way too much fun. <laughs> the what if so and so became our backup? Yeah, the other guy that. I guess Drew Bledsoe, if we're going to stick with the 1997 He's Super like Bowl. 50. So is Brett Favre. Brady Quinn is another one that was on my list. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a pretty boy. Well, you can just, just, just go down the list with Denver Broncos. All of them are legit. <laughs> like Denver Bronco quarterbacks from the last five years, all of them could be backups. Uh, Tim Tebow, Brady Quinn, uh, Trevor Simeon, Peyton Manning, yes. Brock Lobster. There's, there's the five. And all five of those, except for Peyton Manning, could be in the XFL. Yeah. Oh, the Colts should cuck. Since Andrew Luck retired, Oliver Luck is the CEO of the XFL. They should cuck the XFL and bring in Landry Jones. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure he signed an exclusive contract where he can't. They could buy it out. Just the, All they would have to do is give them like a million bucks. The XFL would do it. <laughs> yeah, it was oh. like uh, that was actually a miss signing. We thought that we were getting uh, Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah, uh, we thought we were signing Jarvis Landry. Landry Jones is not who we thought we were signing. Yeah, and then uh, just because I won so much money uh, betting on him in the AF and the Orlando Apollos, um, AAF uh, MVP, unofficial Garrett Gilbert trade for him and then we have three guys with basically all at the same talent level with Brissett being obviously the starter so those we we just named a bunch of people so um it's gonna be Brock Lobster Brett Favre 
It can be Brock Lobster. I mean, it's pretty clear. They brought him in. They didn't sign him yet. So they could be exploring other options. Brett Favre, number one. Kyle Orton, number two. Uh, Peyton Manning, number three. And then the other guys. Brady Quinn actually wouldn't be horrible, but I'm pretty sure he's done with football. What about Jesse Palmer? We can bring in the Bachelor. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Car- think. Oh, another realistic. Carson Palmer. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Um, and I think we're done with that game. Let's go to well, your... like I said. We, you and I, could play that game all night, and we're basically just playing Madden 2007 in our heads. This is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of Seneca Wallace. I would put Seneca Wallace in over Michael Vick. Do I have to remind you that last week we discussed Seneca Wallace and he lost to an amateur team in the flag football league? Yeah. Do Um, I need to remind you of that fact? The, uh, Tony Romo. Yes. That was, that was on, that was, was we could, we could keep going on and on and on. Um, but yeah, moving on from the pro game to the college game, uh, we're Charlie batch. Okay, we're done. We're done. You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> we, we, uh, week one of college football is officially fully off this week. Um, there was on. on, off as in it's being kicked off. They, there was a couple games last week, but that really doesn't count. Um, that was like let's, the. Let's get into it. There's too big of an introduction. Yeah, that I were right. I'm writing what is going to be a weekly post on nerdjackblog.com my this post went up yesterday it is dennis's dogs week one college football picks i love myself an underdog and um yeah he's he's underselling it what he means by underdog is super mega underdog dogs yes super dogs like like more than 25 points underdogs Yep, and uh, kicking, we want to make you. Are are you gonna go via what when the games are or just how you have it here I'm going to go how I have it, how I wrote it in the article. Um, All right. Although, nah, scratch that. We're going to move. Number Thursday night. Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night games. Well, there's also Alabama. All these games are Thursday games. What? Even Clemson's Thursday? Um, You're spoiling it, Adam. <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, whatever. Well, I'll, we'll do that one last. Um, Alabama State is going to Alabama Birmingham. The Blazers. The Blazers. The Hornets versus the Blazers. Alabama State is it's important to note they are a NCAA FCS school, meaning they're what used to be NCAA two A. Um Division One, Two A, what whatever that minor league division one. They're division one, but not really. <laughs> they have sixty they have sixty three scholarships versus a hundred. Yeah, um, Alabama State is an underdog, and when I say underdog, they are a forty-two and a half point underdog. Bet them heavily. I like them. Um, the spread, like I said, is forty-two and a half. Always take a team that's getting forty-two and a half, no matter even if it's like a team of eighth graders. Anybody like a forty-two and a half points is a lot of points for a team to score, which is why it's important to note that last year UAB, the team they're playing, only scored forty-two points or more twice last season, and their average was thirty-one point nine points a game in twenty eighteen. There's no way they beat the spread. Alabama State, go Hornets. 
They also didn't have a football team for like five years. Yeah, they're also barely Division One. Yeah, are they in the Sun Belt now or Conference USA or they're in one of the, the conferences that is below uh, the the their Sun Belt. Their Sun Belt. Yeah, I believe so. Because the Sun Belt is b- below, like their their team talents are is below the power ranking of the Missouri Valley football and uh, whatever the the other one in the South that has the good teams. I don't know what that one's called, but there's there's two divisions in one double A that are better. The top two divisions in one double A are have better teams on the whole than the bottom two teams in uh, single A. Excuse me, they're they're Conference USA. Okay, yeah, Conference USA and uh, Sun Belt are below um, Missouri Valley football and um, the other. Yeah, because the can you name some of the teams in the what it now exists as the Conference USA? No, it's Marshall, <laughs> Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Marshall, Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, Rice, Southern Mississippi, UAB, UTEP, and um, uh, you the Roadrunners isn't it you isn't uh, Texas San Antonio? Yeah. Okay, I thought that was maybe Tulsa. I didn't know what UTSA was. That's no, the Roadrunners. <laughs> yeah, forty-two and a half. The same tier as Indiana State. Forty-two and a half points. Alabama State take the points. Yeah, no brainer. It's hard to score forty-two points, especially with a eh, football team. They're going to win the game by a lot, but getting to 42 points, you have to not screw up snaps on the special teams, which you got six times. You got six chances to screw that up. It's like a no-brainer. Yeah, and this, uh, Alabama this State probably is terrible, but it's hard to score 42 points when you're not Yeah, they good. won three games last year, but this is their mega bowl. They can't do – yeah, 42 and a half points. Have some pride. Score a touchdown. You're gonna, they're not going to score more than 49 points. Even when ISU was on a 30 – Indiana State was on a 36-game losing streak, I, when we played IU, IU still, still struggled to score 42 points. And they right. had a receiver that was 6-6 and scored and four touchdowns. And Indiana State scored. Yes. So that's all you have to hope for is that Alabama State can get across yeah. the end zone once. I'm giving that a confidence rating out of 10 and 9.5 for the reasons I've laid out. Kind of going by the same theory, Texas State is taking on number 12th ranked Texas A&M, going to Texas A&M. Um, spread on this one is 33.5. Once again, take Texas State. Last year, Texas A&M, which they're not, they're not an elite SEC team. They won nine games last year. They're they're good, but they're not great. They only averaged um, 36 points a game last season. That's Texas A&M. 36 and a half points, or 36 points is not a lot when you consider that they scored 74 points in a seven-overtime game because college football has absurd overtime rules, um, which screws up those kinds of numbers. Texas State can put the ball in the end zone. They averaged almost 20 points last year. Do that math. 36 minus 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it's closer than what the uh experts are saying. The other thing about there's two facts about Texas State. They have recently moved up to uh the highest level of uh American college football and they're 2 and 0 in bowl games. So I don't think and they're I think they're a relatively new college. So 
that's like in the last five years they've won two two bowl they're undefeated in bowl games and they have a very famous alum alexis texas who is uh as a porn star and she gave a 25 second pep speech for the texas state bobcats to give the aggies hell so that is if that's not enough motivation folks for texas state to beat the spread i don't know what is so yeah i'm all in on texas state your confidence rating is four mine is a (laughs) 6.9 why did i not do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're gonna be taking over the column and the final of the three-headed monster of my mega super underdog picks is Georgia Tech taking on Clemson, the number one ranked team in the country. Um, Georgia Tech Clemson evidently is a big rivalry, which I did not know that well, and because it's ACC football, and who really cared about ACC football until Clemson became relevant again. Um, Georgia oh, when, when when the when the Big East schools joined the ACC when Miami was the one, the number one team in the country and they also brought along Virginia Tech that they cared a lot about ACC football in the last ten years since then Miami has uh, tripped and fallen all over themselves and they are known for more for Michael Irvin saying crazy things and uh, them falling on their faces than they are for winning football games. And Clemson has taken them to a, a whole new level. So Yeah, and the line on this game, Clemson is favored by 37 points. Yeah, why do you not think Clemson is going to beat the crap out of Georgia Tech? Because do you have a high confidence rating on this one? I have a very high confidence. It's the biggest – It's it's the game of the week. It's college football's game of the week. It's a, Georgia Tech and their head-to-head matchup for the lifetime is Georgia Tech's up 50 to 31. They've got some pride here, and they don't have to be so prideful they win the game. They just can't be beat by 37. But they don't have. They're in. Tran, they're transitioning from a triple in, option. In the last. In the last. In, you're acting like they don't ever play. In the last four matchups, Clemson's only won by an average of 20 points. Last time I checked, 20 is still less than 37. Take Georgia Tech if you want to win some money, folks. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any Calvin Johnsons on their team or um, Tishar Choices or Reggie Balls. So. And according to VegasInsider.com, 87% of folks are taking Georgia Tech. Okay, so it's a popular pick. Wait, wait, wait to stick your neck out there. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, Actually, that's, a, that's I, a crazy line. It opened at 33 and a half and it's gotten even crazier in Clemson's favor. I don't understand that. I would have taken it what at is 29 it today? and a half. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty bold. Yeah, it's currently 37 still. Yeah. I know. That's, that's wild. Yeah, I'm, you got to go with Georgia Tech. Yeah, it's where the where the sharps are this week, and the game of the week, and that was a confidence rating of eight. Um, I'd say put yourself take out a second mortgage on Alabama State, maybe uh, maybe uh, go to a payday loan advance place and get some money for Georgia Tech and for Texas State. Uh, That's actually not a bad three team parlay. The one that I have the least amount of confidence in is Alabama State is bad. And I know the Blazers don't barely have a football team, but they have so many more scholarships that that will be a difference maker in the end. And it's like the second half, the Blazers are going to score a lot. Like I would say three touchdowns. So you got to hope something happens with 
in the fourth quarter to slow down the Blazers. Right. And I will be keeping um, I'll be keeping a running total of my record, so you can tell if you should go with me or go against me. But uh, okay. I'm feeling pretty confident on these picks. I, I think that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, yeah, we have- just have one more thing to add. I know we went kind of long here, but Texas State, Texas A&M, nothing in the state of Texas is bigger than the state of Texas besides football. And the Texas A&M, I know they're in the SEC, but they are a Big 12 school. Big 12 schools do not have defenses. Texas State, they're a smaller college. They've always prided themselves on being a good offense. Texas State is going to cover. Like 33 and a half, are you kidding me? It'll be – I think it's a three touchdown game, not a four, not a five touchdown game. Yeah, like, especially with, especially, and you have Alexis, Alexis, Texas. It's basically that, a bowl game. For yeah, you you got a wild card. Yes, it's the it's their make a bowl. It's a uh, fifteen versus a two seed. <laughs> if you're drawing March Madness comparisons, yes, they're Hampton or Santa Clara in this situation. Yep. Go Bobcats! All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of Nerd Jack. Blog Radio 2.0. I'm Dennis. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash nerdjackblog33. And who are you? Adam Burkett. Knows how to work it. Follow him on nerdjackblog.com. Twerk it, twerk it. Until next week, win some money.